Hey y'all, hey. Welcome to Such a Lady, and I'm your host, Siobhan. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Monday, y'all. Hopefully, everybody is trying to start the week out positive and right. And if not, you can try again tomorrow, <laughs> and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. Heck, as long as you're breathing, you got another chance to get it right. So, you know, we always fall short, but, you know, as long as we breathe, we can try it again. So I hope you all have a great week and you love yourself on purpose. Now, let's get back to our next toxic love story going wrong. Um, our next one is now her name is and I could be wrong. And y'all know that I have already said before that I'm bad with names. But like when I was doing the research and all kind of stuff like that and like watching the um, documentaries on it her name was pronounced different ways so like this time is legit not my fault (laughs) like so her name was pronounced Shira and then Shira and then Shira I like Shira y'all remember Shira from the cartoons I like Shira so that's what we're going with okay because I remember Shira like she was my hero I I loved her if y'all don't know about her then oh y'all so cute and young and innocent and I love y'all for that. I'm just old. Okay, so <laughs> Shira um was listen, I know I say this. She was beautiful. Um she is. She's not dead. She's still alive. She's beautiful. Um she, you know, was talented. Basically, background story, nice upbringing, nothing traumatic, nothing that would stand out so much that I need to go into her background story. Because y'all know me, like I say, I like to get y'all the meat and the potatoes. If y'all want something else, y'all can definitely look that up. Not me being lazy, but I'm just saying, y'all know y'all don't want to hear how she grew up and how many ponytails she had and how she was the light of every room. Now, if it was something deep in her past, like, you know, she was traumatized, then yeah, we'll get to it. But if it's just the normal backstory, Let's fast forward to the good stuff. Look, give me my food. Okay, so (laughs) she had a really okay upbringing. Um, She, you know, did her thing. um, And then she met Lorenzen Wright. Now, Lorenzen Wright was known to be the prince of the court. He was a basketball player. And what what was quite strange was that um, She-Ra's dad was one of his youth coaches and she was five years older than him so um yeah she was a cougar and so but she saw him and she liked him and he liked her and they started vibing now mind you this is like when he was still starting out like his career hadn't taken off yet he was still the prince of the court he was not king of the court yet so you know they got to know each other before all the fame and the fortune and they fell in love and they started a family and they had six kids and you know things were going good because during this time they started um his career started taking off and he was becoming he was he was starting to find his own, you know, kind of like when you start off something, you kind of like are kind of new to it. But once you find your niche in something, then it's kind of like, okay, I know what I'm doing now. I just need to perfect my craft. And that's where he was at. Um, they did end up having a seventh child and that baby died from, um, sudden infant death. And so, uh, Lorenzen decided to, um, start a foundation, on behalf of um, the child that he lost. And and everything that I read, that I saw, he was a giver. He gave 
um, the fans loved him. Like he always stopped to take pictures. He was always um, given to the community. He, I mean, overall, as a person, everyone said that Lorenzen was really just a good-natured person. Um, Shira was stated to be a good-natured person, too. Um, but here's the thing. When, you know, you meet someone and you're not rich, you're kind of like making making it work, you know, Things are okay, but when money comes into play and then you have all this money that you don't know what to do with and then these groupies come into play and they know that you have all this money that you don't know what to do with. They don't care about your wife. They don't care about your family. They don't care about your kids. They don't care about nothing. They care about what they want. And if you aren't founded or if you don't have a solid foundation, then sometimes you can fall into that temptation and it seems like that's what happened with Lorenzen because although he was married and he had six children and he was in the um, NBA and he was doing well he was finally back home and he was playing for his team the Memphis um, Grizzlies and he was doing well he still could not stop cheating and he was known to have women in every state that he went to so if he was in Oklahoma he had a boo there. Texas, I got you. <laughs> Atlanta, hold on. I'm calling you. Georgia, I'm on my way. I mean, it was like it didn't matter where he was at. He had someone. And um, at first, I think um, Shira, she kind of knew. She heard about it. But then it started coming to the light. Like, it was in her face. And, like, sometimes you can pretend not to see something. But when it's smack dab in your face to the point where it's hitting you, you you can pretend, but you're going to look silly doing it. And I think that it had gotten to that point because they ended up separating. And Lorenzen decided, you know, hey, look, I'm free. I'm a free agent. Not on the court, but <laughs> on the field. I'm going to do what I want to do. Um, I'm going to lay with who I want today. Not as if that wasn't what he wasn't already doing. But at this point, he doesn't he doesn't feel like he owes anybody any explanation. And so he's out there and he's doing his thing. But as with anything, um, there's a time and a place for everything. Seasons tend to dry up, you know, Um and for Lorenzen, that happened to him. Um, you know, you can only be a superstar on the court for so long before your body decides that, you know, hey, look, I, I can't give you what I used to be able to give you when you was 20. I don't know if y'all are like me, but like when I used to drink when I was 20, I could drink all night long, get like 15 minutes of sleep, go to work, be at work all day, get out of work, start drinking again. Now that I'm 39, let me try it if I want to. I have a glass of wine and fall out to sleep and don't let it be harder than that because the next morning I feel like I've been hit by a truck. So I think that as with anything, the older you get, you know, your body starts responding differently. And that was the case with him. So the money's starting to dry up and, you know, he's not as famous or successful on the court as he used to be. And so he decides, you know what, listen, I thought this was what I wanted. I thought I wanted, you know, to be free. I thought I wanted to cheat. I thought I wanted this lifestyle. But you know what? Really, I don't. I want to go home to my wife and my kids and make things work. And so that's what he did. But the thing about it is that he wasn't able to make things work for very long before 
there was a 911 call with nothing but just gunshots. And so you can hear the 911 operator saying, hello, hello, and no one is saying anything, but then you can hear her saying, all I'm getting is gunshots, all I'm getting is gunshots. And so of course they send the police out to look and see, hey, if we could trace this call, where is it coming from? And they try to, but they can't find anyone. They send someone out, but nothing is ever found. And so they kind of let it go. And I mean, I don't, I don't mean that to be mean, but what, what else could they have done? The call came in, they sent someone out, but they didn't know where to go. Um, nine days later, they did end up finding Lorenzen's body and he had been shot and it was just a bad a bad time like because he was so vital in his community everyone took it hard like everyone his wife his family his dad his best friend everyone took it hard um because even when you do stuff like even if um he was a cheater that doesn't take away from the fact that he was just an overall good person to, to to people um one bad thing doesn't define you and just you doing one good thing doesn't define you um who you are as a person and your inside is what defines you so um yes he cheated but that didn't mean that he deserved to die so the police find his body and they're trying to figure out who would do this but everybody loves him so they're like we don't know who would do this and you know they're talking to his wife and she's distraught and she's like well you know hey listen i don't know who would do this everybody loves him and so the police start searching but they're not really getting any hits and it starts to go cold um and it doesn't mean that his family didn't care about finding you know the killer or anything like that but I mean you kind of have to have something to go by and at this time the police didn't have anything to go by they had little tips here and there but nothing positive so she decides that you know she's gonna move on with her life which you know is fine she has six kids she has to keep it pushing she has to move on life I mean I get it you know she lost the love of her life but she still has to be there for her children and that's what she was trying to do so she um, gets back to life she becomes a minister she writes a book she gets remarried she's um <laughs> she's she's just i guess trying to move forward after the tragedy that happened with lorenzen well it seemed like things were doing fine for her until a reporter caught wind of a book that she wrote called um, Mr. Anything. Now, <laughs> he read the book and he was like, this book seems like very, very familiar. Like, it just seems like it, it, it's just not a normal book. So he decides that he wants to get in touch with um, Shira and find out, you know, like, I want to interview you. Let me let me pick your brain about this book. And so he sits down with her and she's confident, baby. She is confident. She is sitting there and she's talking to him. And he's like, it sounds like, you know, that this story is based on a, tr you know, this book is based on a true story. And she's like, it is. And he's like, oh, really? And, and, and he's like, because a lot of the things that are happening in this book just don't seem like a coincidence. And she's like, no, everything that's happening in this book is real. So, you know, she's just kind of like letting him know without letting him know that, like, this isn't fake. But from everything that the reporter said, the book 
seemed like it was written from a woman who was angry and bitter. And that might have been um, Shira. Her husband, she had six kids with him. He was cheating on her. She said he was emotionally abusive. It, it, it was so much stuff that was in this book. So the reporter's like, mm, that don't really make no sense. Like something's not right. But of course, him just thinking it doesn't make her a killer. Him just reading the book saying this doesn't sit well in my spirit doesn't make him a killer. But the police haven't given up. Although the case is cold, the police haven't given up. And they get a tip. Now, they won't say who gave them the tip because the case, even to this day, is still an ongoing investigation. So they won't say who gave them the tip. But they um, they got a tip and they ended up searching this body of water. And they didn't tell anyone. They actually told the people in the surrounding area that they were just doing a a field test. So they didn't want anyone to know anything. So once they were done, they did retrieve the gun. When they got the gun, come to find out, they traced it. And the person that it came back to was a minister. And the minister just so happened to attend the same church as Shira. Now, Shira didn't been remarried. She didn't got married to a police officer and a record producer. And um, the police officer states that when they were married, that Shira did state that she did kill Lorenzen. But he said that he didn't feel like she was honest. He didn't feel like she was capable of doing it. He was in love with her at the time. And so he just thought it was something that she was trying to scare him. Like, don't you dare do anything to me because you don't know what I'm capable of. So he didn't, he took it as a grain of salt. Um, He now wishes that, you know, maybe he would have looked more deep into it, but regardless, neither here nor there, she was found out. The reporter asked her, you know, you know, are you going to write another book? And she was like, yeah, I have a sequel for the book that, um, that I already wrote. And he was like, oh, really? And he was like, tell me more about it. And she said, it's called The Whole Nine. Now, her husband was shot with one. And then not only that, he asked her, he says, well, is the main character, the the guy, Mr. You know, Mr. Anything, is he going to die? And she says, oh, most definitely he will be killed. So, you know, she's already letting him know that, you know, he's gonna die and the reporter's like now something's not right so he goes and he tells the police what's on his mind but they can only do so much with that but then they start putting things together and I don't know and I'm sure you all know but just in case you don't but a lot of times you don't need to have a smoking gun now they did have the gun in this case but you don't always need to have a smoking gun in order to charge someone with murder there's something called circumstantial evidence and if you are able to put the pieces of the puzzle together in a way that leaves no doubt that this person is the killer then you can you can try someone with that well In this case, they had the gun. Not only did they have the gun, but when Lorenzen was killed, Shira got a million dollar plus insurance policy. A year, almost a year after Lorenzen was murdered, that money was almost gone. Gone to the point where Lorenzen's dad actually took 
Shira to court because he felt like she was doing a discredit to his grandchildren. Like, how do you go through a million dollars in a year? I can't answer that question. I've never seen a million dollars. Like, I think if I got a million dollars, I would be so frugal with it because I wouldn't want it. To, I would I would need for it to last. Kind of like when you put gas in your car and then the tanks start going down and you get an attitude like, I just filled you up. Like, why, why are you acting like this? So, but Shira was definitely not like that. I don't know if maybe she thought more money was going to come in. And, you know, some people, they, they have that they, that energy. They're like, you know, I, I free myself to money coming in and I free myself to money going out. The only difference with her is that the money was going out, but nothing was coming in because she was she was broke. And so I don't know if maybe that was why she was trying to come out with her next book. Um, but um, the police talked to the minister whose gun it was and of course he folds but Shira never does she Shira never does she never does she never says okay I did it if you listen to any of the um the stories of the tv shows she's like I'm a mom I'm an author. No, she didn't say I'm an author. She says I'm a author. I'm a mom. A, I'm a author. <laughs> I'm a minister. Um, I would never do something like this. And so um, people, you know, you you just automatically assume, you know, minister, church, good person. But after the police started putting this circumstantial evidence together and then they had the gun, they went back and started re-interviewing people and one of the people that they re-interviewed was Lorenzen's assistant now the police dropped the ball and the case could have been solved earlier because here it is seven years later right after this happened Lorenzen's assistant goes to the police and she tells them listen I know y'all think that Shira is this really nice person but listen I have recorded her calling up to the office acting a plum fool going off, cussing them out, threatening them, like just not okay behavior. She said, not only did I let Lorenzen in on this, I recorded it and now I want to give it to you all. And so the police looked at it, but they never looked further into it. Kind of like, oh, well, you know, husband and wives, he was cheating. She was pissed and that was it. But the assistant said it was so much more than that. Like she was just like angry all the time. He couldn't do anything at all. Um, and I mean, I I don't know. I can't really say how I would feel. I'm at home with six kids and you're out here cheating and you, you're living your best life and I'm at home. I don't know if I could say I wouldn't be calling up to, you know, your place of employment acting a plum fool. I can't say that I wouldn't. I don't condone killing. I don't think that she should have killed the man. But um, maybe that's why the police didn't look further into it. Because, I mean, it's okay to be angry with your husband. It's not okay to kill him. But she did. And so they ended up charging her with a couple of different things. They um, went on to charge her with first-degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder. And then they charged her with criminal tapped first degree murder which I didn't know what that was I had to look that up myself now I watch a lot of crime shows but I had never heard that and what that means is that they felt like she had tried to kill Lorenzen before and I tried to look into some stuff to see what it was or what other um, incidences had occurred that 
made them think that and I couldn't find anything. But what makes me think that something else might come out is because how they won't tell they are the police are very adamant about not telling who told them that that gun was in the water. So I'm also thinking that if the person who told them that that gun was in the water, maybe they also told them of other times that she tried to get rid of him. This wasn't the first time. So um, in order for them to have charged her with something and then for her to have been convicted of it, then, you know, they must have must have had evidence on it. Um, So. Of course, she's spending the rest of her life in jail, and which is a sad, sad story because not only is she not able to be with her children, they don't have a dad either. So they don't have a dad or a mom. And simply because she just decided that his life wasn't worth anything anymore. She decided that he had done enough hurtful things to her and that instead of walking away and taking her kids and deciding that she could do it on her own like so many women do every single day. Women start over every day. I've done it. I've done it more than one time. I I know I've told y'all about the time that I came home and that guy has stole everything I had and cleaned my account out. I had to move back home with my mama and share a room with my 16-year-old daughter. Share a bed, not even just a room, 16-year-old daughter. And it was small. It was cramped. And she used to tell her friends <laughs> that she hated sharing a room with me because I snore. But guess what I did? I went and got a second job. And I got back everything that that man took from me. Everything. And then when I got everything back, when I moved into my new home, I made sure that I put everything piece of furniture together myself the tables the bed the couch listen even the legs on the couch I wasn't paying anybody to do anything it was just me and God because I needed to show myself that I didn't need a man to do anything for me I had been dependent on uh, I had been dependent upon them for so long that I had convinced myself that I needed one in order to be able to do something baby when I tell y'all when I finish I was so proud of myself I had moved that stuff. I had worked. There is no better feeling than being able to have been knocked down and getting up and saying, you know what? You tried it. You tried it. But let me show you what I can do. So if you are out there and you are listening, baby, listen, sometimes rock bottom is the best place for you to be because that means you get to reinvent yourself. You get to be whoever you want to be. You tired of being that victim? Guess what? You don't got to be that victim no more. You tired of being that negative Nancy? Guess what? You don't got to be negative Nancy no more. You tired of being a Karen? Listen, I'm tired of you being a Karen too. You don't got to be a Karen no more. You get to be whoever you want to be when you hit rock bottom because rock bottom, there's nowhere else to go. You get to invent yourself. You don't get to kill people. And take away their lives and take away from their family and their children because you don't like the way that someone acted or you don't like the way that someone responded. But anyway, sorry, didn't mean to get on here and preach, but (laughs) y'all know how I get passionate about these stories. Now, I love y'all and I cannot wait to see y'all next week. Now, meet me on over at the Instagram page, Such a Lady 30, and tell me what you thought about this episode. Um, I love you guys and make great choices and remember to be great on purpose.